seven o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Listening to Lost in Twin Peaks, a podcast for both first time and veteran viewers of Twin Peaks, the mystery series that ran for two seasons in the early 90s on ABC, followed by a feature film, and 25 years later, a limited series on Showtime. And at the time of this recording, who knows what after that? If you're a new listener who has just discovered this podcast and wants to know more, check out Episode Zero Show Format. The following week of Daily Podcasts will cover Part 5, an episode of Season 3 which aired on Showtime in 2017. The network used lines from each episode for titles, so Part 5 was also known as Case Files. Although recorded for patrons back in 2018, I'm re-editing and re-presenting this coverage, including some new sections, for public release on June 4th, 2022, the fifth anniversary of Part 5. Just a reminder that for the first eight episodes of this season, I'll be publishing the illustrated companions on my site, lostinthemovies.com, the Saturday after the episodes conclude. This will incorporate screenshots and other images to reflect stories, characters, events from the time, and so forth, in some cases in greater detail than the podcast themselves. Makes a great visual accompaniment to scroll through as you listen or after you listen. So, in this case, the Part 5 Illustrated Companion is scheduled for Saturday, June 11th at 8am. The link in the show notes will be active then. As for my other podcast work this past week, I recently published an episode covering the sci-fi film Interstellar on my Lost in the Movies feed. This wrapped a double feature of Christopher Nolan films and a full season of directorial pairs or trios, with a few works by Jane Campion and Darren Aronofsky as well, throughout the winter and summer. This episode is going to cover Laura Palmer's presence in the episode, the feel of the episode, and the episode's structure. I love how your eyes There's no real tangible Laura presence in this episode like there were in the previous ones. One thing we do get is with Becky, a little bit of a reminiscence of Laura. The fact that she's, you know, staring up, looking up at the sky, it looks a little bit like Laura lying on her back in Firewalk with me. I think that's one reason people thought of her in, in, in that association, but that's sort of a loose connection that we see. 
And, you know, the fact that she's snorting cocaine, of course, and she's a young woman in trouble, all of that. But she's also much more joyous, so there's a different quality to her her look. I mean, in that moment when she's when she's looking up, obviously she has plenty of troubles outside of that. But I don't know. Those moments almost feel like flip sides of the same coin in a way. Despair and and euphoria. Frank and Andy are also looking through the files at the sheriff's office. So we see some photos of Laura there, but they're not mentioned or touched upon in any way. But really, we only see or notice Laura in the beginning in the credits as she's always there. The face, the orb floating in through the screen, which is why Shirley lands in the credits for this. So this is not a very Laura-heavy episode, and yet it feels like it connects with some of the spirit of the Laura Palmer mystery in season one, where we were getting to know this town and uh, feeling like there was some larger force connecting it. I I feel that in this episode as well. The feel of the episode is generally warmer than the previous ones. It's more openly emotional, there's sort of more of a moodiness to it that that I found. I think it's the one where I felt like, okay, the emotion of Twin Peaks is coming back. The other ones had a lot of the cool, you know, motifs and some of the, uh, some of the darker aspects and the more sort of surreal, trippy, cool aspects. I loved part three, uh, the opening of part three, but part five felt a little more on a human scale in some ways. I, I just really enjoyed it. It's very eclectic and exciting. There's a lot going on. You know, this is an episode that feels more like a genuine TV episode to me, where you're checking in with various characters and stories, not in a serialized sense of, okay, here's this little slice of this larger narrative that you can only understand with that, but more of a, oh, what are they up to this week? Let's check in with this and that person type of feel to it. It also seems like the first time we're really getting a feel for the Twin Peaks community, not just glimpses into little corners, but more of a web between them. You know, we see characters who we've seen in one place and another. There's, it seems to me there's more exterior shots and just more places in general around Twin Peaks that we're visiting. It, I, I can't quite put my finger on why exactly, but this feels like the one where the Twin Peaks community comes back full full bore as a character. I like episodes that let you linger in different areas of the Twin Peaks world in a casual but exciting manner. I think episode four from season one is a great example of this too, where Cooper goes to the Mattel and he finds the one-armed man and they go to the veterinary clinic and then uh, Audrey's off with Donna in the bathroom having this conversation about Laura. There's just this sense like things are going on, things are moving in a direction, but there's also a relaxation to it. Like you're really exploring the world and, and visiting different places and people. And I love that sense. And part five really gives me that sense. I think I like this episode more than a lot of other people do. The overall structure isn't quite like the previous episodes. There's not like one big through line the way there was with say the FBI and parts, uh, part four or, 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 or also Cooper's return to earth in a way, you know, uh, that that's not here so much. What we do have is a lot of little scenes. It's more fragmented. If there is a core story, it's more uh, Cooper's first day of work, but that all kind of happens in one block. And then around that, there's more of these scattered things. For example, when we start the episode off, I think we get like three or four scenes very much in quick succession, uh, well within the time that sometimes the, the other episodes had longer opening sequences or things like that. We also jump from location to location. The, like I said, the longest stretch is probably in that office. That's it for this episode. Tomorrow... We will continue with part five, looking at the stories that take place outside of the town. 
So South Dakota, Las Vegas, breaking that down. And of course, if you support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also uh, support my work more broadly on patreon.com slash lost in the movies. Lost in the movies.